You are listening to the You Are a Lawyer podcast. I am the podcast host, Kyla Denanyo, a 2015 law school graduate. This podcast was created to share the experiences and successes of law school graduates who created their own paths to career success. In episode 46, I'm speaking with a car wreck professor and lawyer. Creating a legacy motivated this guest to co-found a law firm immediately after law school. Based in Houston, Texas, today's guest is James Maddox III. So James, welcome to the You Are Lawyer podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah. Glad to be here. Oh, absolutely. So you and I know each other because we went to law school together, Southern University. Yes, the one and only, of course, <laughs> Southern University Law Center. Absolutely. And especially our 3-0 year, because you were serving, were you the 3-0 president? No, I was the ABA president. Okay. ABA um, president, which is the American Bar Association. So you were the student president for Southern University Law Center. I was editor-in-chief of our law school newspaper, The Public Defender. Yes. So um, that year, especially, we were working together all the time on things, having to make decisions, you know, react as a board, everything. What has been happening since law school? A lot. Um, (laughs) Definitely a lot. So once we uh, graduated from Southern, I moved to Houston, Texas, primarily to practice personal injury law. Didn't go the traditional route where, you know, you get a job, you work three to five years, sometimes seven to 10, depending on if you have children, and then go out on your own. I kind of went, you know, against the tide and started my own practice. Directly out of law school, you opened your own shop? I did. Okay. It was a book. It was a booger, but um, <laughs> with anything, there's progress as long as you're willing to fight at it, of course. And, you know, a couple of years down the road, I have some employees, I'm on office space and things like that. When I first started, it was more so virtual because of financial reasons, um, mm-hmm. especially if you're a young lawyer starting out on your own. There's no use for you to have a fancy office with a, a painting on the wall that's, you know, a thousand dollars on phone line and things like that. It's so much free or cost-efficient, I want to say cheap, but cost-efficient ways that you can, you know, manage your practice and not have to look like whoever the richest person injury attorney is in your seat. Yeah. Okay, very cool. And what was it that drew you to personal injury law? I know a lot of justices will, of course, say money, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was involved in a couple of accidents growing up, and I never really understood the process, kind of like, hey, you know, here's some money, and that's pretty much it. But when I got to law school, there's a gentleman by the name of Harry Daniels and Christopher Washington. They are essentially the reason why I chose to go into personal injury. They kind of took me and a group of my friends under their wing and kind of showed us the ropes. Now, of course, they, of course, practice criminal as well. Um, But I drew more towards the personal injury side. One, of course, you have the ability to make some good money if you're doing it correctly but to see the impact that you can have on the individual or a family's life that the individual has passed or they're incapacitated, the impact that you can have on their lives by providing them justice through our legal system. Okay. And because we do have a number of law students that listen, I want to explain that personal injury law is what you'll learn. We call it torts when you're in school. And personal injury is typically big truck accidents, a car accident, sometimes right, medical right. malpractice stuff if you're in a hospital, those kind of things. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Slip and um, falls, things like that. Okay. And it's funny because a lot of people that I talk to actually don't make good money as a lawyer. <laughs> That's why they do <laughs> something else. You actually have been able to sustain your life, hire employees. So you're thriving with your own business. Yeah. Yeah. 
now like I said in the beginning it wasn't like that yeah and um, I think the difference between some lawyers who decide to go a different route is the willingness to actually keep on going right Mm -hmm. Uh, you might have a month or two where credit card bill may go by or you can't take a trip with your friend who decided to take a job you know with big law or with the local council or DA PD office you know you may have to skip a couple of trips in those years to actually build up some cash Um, Mm -hmm. but once you get the cash flow in the money that they were making would not be able to really compare to what you're able to make right Um, but it's a process and like I said you have to be willing to go through that process to actually get where you're trying to go but I will say one thing whether you're in law school or you just passed the bar you have to actually want it before you start to do it if you wanted to go into big law and maybe your resume didn't stack up next to the guy from Harvard or the young lady from Yale and they got the job that you wanted and you just have to go and be on your own, usually that's how you see that the business is that fail because that's not what they really want to do. It was more out of necessity. Those are usually the ones that fail. But if you have it, you know, hey, day one, when I get to law school or if you pass the bar, hey, this is what I want to do you know, just buckle down and, you know, you'll be able to achieve it. Yeah. You might do it and it might work, but if it's not what you want to do, it's not going to happen. Like, yeah. or, or you'll be miserable and you're going to be like, I cannot talk to another client about something stupid because it's not what you wanted to do. So Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's so easy to get out when you don't want to actually do it. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Just one day I don't want to do it anymore. It's like, wow. You know, yeah. But that, that's a really good point. So at what time in law school did you decide, I want to own my own shop? I want to do this myself. So in law school, I want to say after my first year, okay, I wanted to my own law firm. Um, one of my big things for me is all about legacy. You know, having somewhere where a person can look at my sons and say, hey, you know, I know your dad. Or I, I work for your dad's law firm. Or he taught me this. Or, you know, I've yeah. seen him in the courtroom. So a legacy was a big thing for me. Now, granted, you can go and work for a law firm and, you know, you can be, you know, a big time lawyer, you know, or the opposite, which is majority of the time you go in, you make some good money, put your kids to college, you retire, and that's pretty much it. And then they replace you with a a cheaper law student um, Mm -hmm. or lawyer who just passed the bar. With me, I wanted to be able to leave something that is able to thrive once I'm, you know, either retire or once the good Lord calls me home, they still here up and running once one of those times come. Yeah. And I think the biggest difference is your name is on this firm, right? Your name, even if something happens, you sell it or whatever, it always started out as your law firm. Like that legacy is important. So Right. Now, when you were in undergrad, did you always want to be a lawyer? Were you planning on going to law school? No. In undergrad, as a lot of men, especially African-American men, grow up and want to play sports. Um, And that was my big thing, was that I wanted to play college football and then ultimately make it to the NFL. And that was my tunnel vision throughout my life. It was like the NFL or nothing. Mm. And once the nothing came, which was my sophomore year, once I just decided that, you know, this wasn't for me anymore, it wasn't what I dreamt of growing up. I decided to get into criminal justice. And in doing so, I didn't really have a plan. I just said, okay, I can do probation, parole, work in a criminal lab, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can do one of those things. And so that is the path that I thought I was going to take when I was in undergrad. But I'm a 
firm believer of God putting people in your, your life at certain periods of time for certain reasons. And one of my undergrad professors, I had a lot of her classes because she taught law. Uh, she was a lawyer at the time. Well, she was actually a DA uh, in the Nacogdoches area. And okay. her husband owned like a law firm that was essentially across the street from the university. And I want to say my junior year, going into my senior year, she asked me what my plans were after I graduated. And um, I essentially said, hey, you know, I want to do probation, you know, parole, something along that line. Because, hey, I got I'm here to do criminal justice. And uh, she kind of scoffed at me. <laughs> and I didn't understand it then. Essentially, after the conversation, she told me that she didn't think that that was a field that I should go into and that I should aspire to be more, right? Okay. To me, I didn't really know what more was. Actually, hey, what, what is more? Give me a roadmap. Tell me what I should mm-hmm. be doing. And she said that I think you should go to law school. She went to Ole Miss and she said, I think you should go to law school. I think you are a smart individual. I see something in you that I don't think you necessarily see in yourself. So I think you should go to law school. And I was like, okay, I will attempt to go to law school because, of course, I'm from a small town and I love to, of course, shout my town out whenever I can. It's called Newton, Texas. Uh, we have a population of maybe 2,000 and that may be um, giving us more than what we actually have. But coming from Newton, then you don't see very many professionals at all. And then when there is a professional, they usually don't look like you. Mm-hmm. So law school, doctor, Wall Street, those are things that I guess in my brain growing up that only those individuals who went to those prestigious schools could do. Yeah. Um, or, you know, you finish the top of your class and now you could be a lawyer. It was never a part of my thought process that, hey, this is something that I can achieve. Of course, until my professor, Ms. Price, told me that, you know, this is something that I believe that you can do. So once, you know, she gave me that, I started researching it, took the LSAT and, you know, here I am. So, yeah. Cool. <laughs> so where is Newton in comparison to Houston? So Newton is, I would say a little Northeast, but not North. It's like in the middle. And, um, like Waco-ish? The, no, uh, further, further South. Okay. It's, it's, I would just say just East, just East Texas, um, <laughs> okay. deep East at that. Uh, we're literally on the border of Louisiana, you know, um, maybe an hour from Lake Charles. Okay, cool. Because, yeah, I was thinking Shreveport. I'm like, I'm trying to picture it. All right, cool. Houston would be a big difference from coming from a place that has less than 2,000 people. (laughs) That's a big difference. Yeah, big difference. What was it about being a probation officer that sounded interesting to you? Honestly, I cannot remember why a probation officer (laughs) sounded so interesting. I just think at that point in time in my life, I was just looking for something easy that mm-hmm. I can do. And of course, Google said that at that time, I think it was like maybe 50 to 60,000. I'm like, well, you know, that's good money for me. I can raise a, you know, in my brain, I can raise a family off of that. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, if I was to go back to East Texas, you know, cause property is cheap, homes are cheap, live, yeah. cost of living is cheaper. So, uh, you know, that was my thing. Probation officer and, you know, right off into the sunset, you know, send my kids off to college, you know, just repeat the cycle. Just a nice, simple life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. And then you ended up in Louisiana at Southern and everything changed. Yes. Everything changed. Nothing I had had planned out for myself was the same um, once I went to Louisiana, of course, Southern for law school, but it was probably the best period of time in my life. I was able to grow a lot as an individual, professional. I grew a lot. Uh, Mm -hmm. I met wonderful people that I still am in communication with to this day who 
you would think that we grew up together the way that we were able to keep a communication. Yeah. The school was wonderful. You learn so much. You probably would do the same at any other law school, but I like to toot my horn for Southern whenever I can mm-hmm. is that for one, they do teach you how to be a lawyer instead of a test taker. Yeah. And I, I don't think I would be where I'm at today if I did not have that upbringing from Southern law school. Yeah. Yeah. It molded me, taught me how to, you know, stick it out when things are rough and that, you know, things are not handed to you. You literally have to go yeah. and take everything, you know, your respect, whatever that, you know, whatever you're looking to get. No, that's absolutely correct. For the podcast, I talked to people from all over the country. I've even talked to someone in Saudi Arabia who's a lawyer wow. who's not practicing. But every season, I make sure I talk to a Southern graduate because Southern University Law Center is a huge deal. It made me into who I am. It definitely taught me that nothing is handed to you. So yeah, every season I make sure I talk to at least one Southern University Law Center graduate. <laughs> so I love that. Yeah. Now, everyone knows I always send out a questionnaire before the recording just so I can get some background information. James, okay. you said you co-founded a law firm, <laughs> the Maddox Law Firm, yes. but you co-founded it with your wife, today. Yes, yes. Okay, because uh, I was like, yes, you really so, buried the lead there, but you met your wife in law school as well. I did, I okay. did. Um, <laughs> and I like to say co-founded because she is an integral part of where mm-hmm. I am, not only professionally, but personally. Yeah. And we both sat down and said, hey, this is what we're going to do. My name is on it. I her last name is Maddox. But we both sat down and said, hey, this is something that we want to do. This is what we want to move forward with. But we've both been able to, of course, put our blood, sweat, and tears into it to make it where it's at today. Today graduated the year before us or two years before us? The year before us. Okay. Yeah. And she's from California. So, I mean, when would you have met her if you weren't at Southern? Like, everything yeah. changed at Southern. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that goes back to what I said, you know, people in your life at certain periods of time, because I was a phone call away from going to Oklahoma State for law school. Okay. But a fraternity brother of mine was at Southern. And like I'm doing now, he big Southern up so much that I was like, okay, I don't know anyone that's at Oklahoma State. I know someone that is at Southern. And mm-hmm. they're saying this, you know, and they're actually a student. You know, you get those pamphlets and they make all schools look good. You know, yeah. you got the best dorms, the best books, the best everything. But to actually get a review from someone that you trust and you know, you know, Southern was the, the, the choice I decided to do. And like you just said, I would not have met her had I not, you know, went to Southern for law school. Yeah. Everything worked yeah. out the way it was supposed it, to. It did. It definitely did. And, you know, I got a beautiful wife out the deal and, you know, two beautiful boys as well. Yeah. So, so cool that you two work together. Yeah. For those who uh, are married or together and do want to go into business together, just be prepared for, you know, the bumps and bruises in the beginning because everyone handles business differently. Mm-hmm. My partner is more detailed than I, <laughs> which most women are more detailed than me in period, but she's way more detailed than I am. And I'm just more goal oriented. It's like, well, this is the goal. And she's like, okay, well, how are we going to get there? And I'm like, well, I didn't think of that, but I do have the goal. I do have the goal in mind, but you know, we are more a yin and yang. So wherever I'm deficient at, she's strong and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we work good together. You know, it's, it's been working out. Yeah, I understand that. I, uh, my husband builds websites and I was like, we need a contract for this website. He's like, stop, stop. And I was like, no, because when you don't feel like working, I need to be like, but I'm paying you here. Go fix the website. <laughs> yeah, right. I can't just exactly. put it on like a honey-do list. Like, exactly. different. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you just got to know your strengths and communicate. Yes. 
So with the Maddox Law Firm, you guys actually cover personal injury, family law, and bankruptcy law. Why those three separate practices? So upon graduation, my partner wanted to practice immigration, but not too long after that, uh, our former president was elected. And of course, the immigration field went into a, I, I don't know what to characterize it as, but she decided to step away from that. Yeah. And bankruptcy was another field that she felt comfortable doing and had experience with, you know, prior to passing the board and things like that. And so she decided that, you know, that was the best route. I mean, then family law, once she passed the bar exam, because she graduated the year before us, she worked for a family law attorney for, I think, a year. So she was able to have some extensive knowledge when it came to family law. So she was able to pick that up pretty quickly from her experience at the law firm. And then, of course, with me, like I said, with the whole personal injury thing, that was something that I wanted to do. You know, whether we co-founded the law firm or not, um, I was always going to do the personal injury route. And so um, with all three practices, they're able to essentially bounce off one of another because sometimes you have people who are going through a divorce or child support, things of that nature, and then they get into an accident. Mm -hmm. Or you have people who get into an accident and because of the accident, they are no longer able to work, provide for their family, bills get behind, things of that nature. And then bankruptcy is the route that they have to take. So they all kind of work out in a weird way together. Yeah, absolutely. I was making a list before the recording and I was like, okay, personal injury is torts and medical, family law is kids and money, (laughs) and bankruptcy (laughs) is business and money. So I was like, yeah, I can see how these all could like interloop. Exactly. Okay, cool. And is it that you and your partner, I know you have your names on the firm, but are you actually making court appearances and all that? Or are you just managing the firm and letting others do that kind of work? So we definitely both attend court. Um, A little background story. I forever want to be an attorney. (laughs) I remember being in law school and I don't remember the court number, but they had court inside our law school. Mm -hmm. And I saw this older gentleman who was very, you know, up in age, who was walking with a cane. And I was like, that would be me, right? Mm -hmm. I will practice until they kick me out the courtroom. Uh, my partner, she is more so on the business mind of it where she's looking to hire attorneys probably within the next year yeah. who will then take over the day-to-day things that she normally does uh, to where she can essentially do her managing attorney role where, you know, it's the numbers, the forecast, you know, things of that nature that I don't really like. Okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, she's okay. going to hire herself out of the firm and then I'm just going to be, I guess, the mule working until... <laughs> No, I can't work anymore. But that's not a bad thing if both of you are playing to your strengths, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like everybody's dream who wanted to have their own firm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. So you said that law school was different for you because all the coffee you had to drink <laughs> and having to study <laughs> months out for exams. Were you not expecting law school to be like that? Or was undergrad easy for you or, or what? Yeah. So undergrad was pretty much easy. I mean, that's probably why my professor had the statement that she had, because I generally did not have to really study, but like a day or so before the exam, at least for me in undergrad, a lot of the stuff was multiple choice, or if it was written, it was short answer, you know, Mm -hmm. and most of the stuff they text you on, they talked about throughout the year. Whereas in law school, it is totally different. Other schools may be different, but I know for sure for Southern, it was a one exam take all, Mm -hmm. and I was not prepared for that at all. 
especially not everything around the one exam. You know, the anxiety was through the roof. And just talking to upperclassmen, you never really know what you're going to be tested on, you know, because yeah. you went through three months and a half, give or take, of material. And, you know, your teacher could teach you some, some stuff that she talked about the first day mm-hmm. or some stuff he talked about a week ago. You know, so it's kind of like you have to study it all, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it was definitely different. But coffee was my best friend. <laughs> I had a study partner and, you know, we got it done. But yeah. it was definitely different. So I don't think any other exam is in comparison to a law school exam or the bar exam, in my opinion. I don't think so either. It's completely different. Even the movies that they have don't really show what law school was like. Um, no. You're not just taking one course that you got to prep exactly. for. Exactly. You have extracurricular activities. You have fall fest. You have all these other things trying to get your attention. And then you have one exam and one chance to, you know, make the grade. And I like what you said about Southern specifically, because I've heard about a lot of other law schools that like your second and third year, they don't even give grades. It's just pass or fail. Cause they're like, oh, you did all the hard work your first year. Southern wasn't like that. You got an A through F, (laughs) one L year, two L year, three L year. You, I think I took maybe one class that was pass or fail. And it was like an elective. You had to earn that grade with that one exam, every course. So right. Yeah, it was not uh, for the faint at heart. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. The, the stress and anxiety is through the roof. Mm-hmm. You know, and then for most students, you're competing, you know, because like I said, you know, some people go in and they want clerkship, they want jobs in big law. So their anxiety is even worse because, you know, you're trying to beat out your classmates and meet expectations. So it is just stress. It's just stress all, all over from everyone. You know, yeah. people lose girlfriends and boyfriends, you know, don't talk to family members, you know, because law school is a jealous mistress, mm-hmm. you know, so it requires a lot of your time mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. And you mentioned that law school showed you that we set unfair limits on ourselves. Is that because law school taught you how to think bigger? like kind of dream about things that you wanted for yourself outside of law school and after school? A couple of reasons. When you get to law school, at least in my brain, you only think that you're going to be a lawyer, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, You're going to practice law in whatever field that you want to practice and that's it. Whereas law school opens so many doors to an individual beyond being a lawyer. You know, you have people who are CEOs, people who go into compliance. I have a friend, our classmate, Kyle Green, who you know, went into like legislator, mm-hmm. you know, it's so many doors that are open just by you having JD at the end of your name. You know, you can be a principal of a school, essentially whatever area, anything that you want to go into a JD essentially opens the door. Now, some stuff, require, I mean, of course, a doctor, you know, that's different. But, you know, if you want to be a dean uh, at a school, you want to work for an NBA team in their compliance department or yeah. marketing, you know, it's just so much that the JD allows for you to do. You could be a teacher, you know. Adam so, Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, is a lawyer. Exactly. Yeah. And you can yep. do anything with a law degree, like literally. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I would recommend it, you know, especially if you don't know what you want to do, but you want to add that little, you know, some oomph behind your resume when you submit it to whatever job you're trying to do. You know, the, the JD, you know, makes you look a little more better than those those other people, regardless of what school they went to and things like that. Because law school teaches a person how to be analytical and employers know that. Uh, so once you're applying for a job, they know that they, what they're getting. Because you don't survive law school 
not being a, a smart individual. I don't care yeah. if you finish closer to the end of your class, the middle or the top. Uh, you have some type of intelligence that an employer can use. Yep. You're smart. You're disciplined. You can persevere. All of that stuff you learn. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because law school requires all of that from you. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. So James, your social media accounts are the car wreck professor. So everyone go follow him. <laughs> Instagram, yes, yes, all the things. Car wreck yes. professor. But we also, why? <laughs> okay. <laughs> why do you want to be known as that? Why do you use that handle? Like I tell all of my clients, when at the conclusion of your case, I want that person to be able to handle their own car wreck. Now, granted, if you get into another car wreck, you can, of course, call me up with handle your case. But I don't want to just get you in you know, make you some money, make myself some money, and then see you on. I want to ed- educate you on things that you could have done um, because we have this thing in Texas, and it's most of the cost of the United States, but for sure in Texas, underinsured motors or uninsured motors coverage. That only adds like five to 10 bucks, you know, of course, consult with um, your insurance provider where you add it, but it essentially allows for you to get money if you were in an accident and the person was not insured. Or if you get into an accident and the person does not have enough insurance to cover your medical bills. Because I've had many cases where a client was hit by a drunk driver and they essentially had to um, get her out with the jaws of life. Terrible accident. You know, she has so many bills and the driver only had $30,000 in coverage, right? Mm-hmm. She doesn't have the UIM coverage. And so she's essentially stuck with the $30,000, you know, to divvy up between her lawyer, medical providers, and herself. You know, which, I mean, you know, I work my magic, of course, <laughs> not to my own horn, but you want to be able to protect yourself because I don't know the number right now, but I know it's at least 60% of the people that drive in Texas aren't insured or they, don't, they do not know that the insurance has lapsed, you know, so you want to protect yourself. And that's the thing I tell clients, I want to just educate you throughout this process to where, you know, yes, you were in a car wreck, but I taught you things that you should, should not do and how to handle things should the car wreck or whatever arise down the road. And I don't say car accident because in my opinion, if you hit somebody, it's because you weren't doing something you're supposed to do. So it's a wreck and not an accident. Okay. (laughs) So James, is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience about the importance of law school, the things that you can do with your degree once you're done, anything, any final words? I guess in conclusion, make a plan. I mean, if you have a plan, go look at it again. Know what you want to do, what you want to be. And if you're fortunate enough, like me, to have someone in your life that believes you more than you believe in yourself, that's perfectly fine. But if you're in law school and you don't know what you want to do, just Google job for individuals with a JD. And the amount of jobs that are going to open up to you are pretty much endless. Like I said, outside of being like a doctor or maybe a financial advisor or something like that, and that's not to say you can't get a JD and go get your medical degree, you know? Yeah. Um, but for the most part, a JD opens so many doors. Um, so if you, you're a first-year law student and you're thinking about giving up or you're a third-year law student and you don't know what your next steps are going to be, just know that that JD behind your name carries a lot of weight and it's not taken lightly. And that if you have a plan, if you believe in yourself, and if you persevere, pretty much anything is achievable. And that's the things I live by. And I firmly believe that once you graduate from law school, you prepare to tackle any type of job, any type of task that's put before you. Absolutely. You can do anything with a law degree. Just take a look at prior episodes of this podcast. You guys will see that you can do literally anything. So thank you so much, James. 
No problem. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward, of course, to working with you in the future. And I wish you the best on your endeavors. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to You Are a Lawyer. While you are here, subscribe to the show, leave a rating, and tell a friend about this episode. New episodes are released every other Thursday. Thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Bye.